Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Zero to Hero Coach Program. This is my four-month program teaching coaches and online service providers how to grow your online business, book clients consistently, overcome your sales fears, and finally rock your social media visibility. If you struggle to create a sustainable coaching business, this program is for you. Check out HaleyRowe.com and book your free strategy call with my team or myself today. Thank you. We have a special guest today who is going to tell you all about events when it comes to using events to grow your business, using events to bring your community together, and also her journey in starting her own business and having to deal with you know COVID and pivoting and all the different things. Um, so I'm really excited to have her here, and today I will let her introduce herself and what she does. Thanks so much, Haley. Hey guys, I am Makeda Matema Newton, and I'm the founder of Events Unlocked. And I help uh, business owners plan a profitable live event. Love it. And when you say the words live event, I know a lot of entrepreneurs right now say, What? Live events? What am I supposed to do with COVID and what and whatnot? So how do you, how have you as an entrepreneur? had to pivot um, and or shift your focus to online and, and getting your audience online? Like what, what has changed for you since this journey and, and how did you deal with that? Yeah, so COVID um, really messed things up, <laughs> you know, and um, I, you know, not just me, but you see like a lot of business owners had to pivot in the way that they were doing business in general. Um, and what I found with, um, um, you know, people who were organizers who were hosting plan to host live events, they definitely had to shift to a virtual event model. And some of them didn't even do that. Some of them just postponed it for the next year, um, which was cool, too. I think it's important to know your audience and it's important to know if a um, if you're virtual, if if, if um, transferring your live event to a virtual event will resonate with your audience. Um, the one thing that, although virtual events are wonderful, right? The one thing that they cannot do is replace in-person connection. And I know um, as an extrovert, um, I am just, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. It's been a long time, almost a year, right? Um, and you just crave that. That's one of the reasons that people go to in-person events anyway, to have that in-person connection, to shake somebody's hand, to give somebody a hug who you have previously built a relationship with. Um, so if you know that as an organizer that your event isn't going to 
sit too well, you know, with a virtual crowd, then um, yeah, totally postpone it. And it was, it was refreshing to see people do that because I think what became like um, normal was organizers just going to the virtual model, you know, just in a haste, you know, because, oh my gosh, when is this going to end? You know, I mean, I don't even think that anybody knew that it was going to be this long. Um, but just because perhaps people had already purchased tickets and, you know, it's like, what do you do after that? Do I give them a refund? You know, do I postpone it and just kind of keep their money? So I think people were just kind of making that decision to go virtual and that's fine. And um, you've even seen virtual events really um, um, graduate, you know, so many different features, people started getting really savvy um, um, to incorporate um, certain things from live events as best as possible to kind of um, keep, uh, maybe bring about that live event feel. Um, so, I mean, that was good, but it, I mean, there are so many virtual events, it's, it's crazy. So it's refreshing to see um, an organizer still doing a live event. Um, when I had decided to um, uh, pivot my business from what I was doing, because I started out in 2017, that's when I launched my business, and I launched it as The Conference Connection, and it was a resource for entrepreneurs to come to this site and be able to find um, a live event whether it was a conference, a retreat, or a workshop, based on different filters like um, the price, the location, who it was targeted to, the industry, um, how many people were going to be there, so that um, so they were able to filter um, uh, the, all these events to find the perfect event for them. And I kind of decided that you know I, I, the resource was great, um, but you know just trying to figure out what your role is in this industry. That took a while for me. And eventually I landed in a place where I wanted to um, teach people how to host um, profitable events. And I launched a workbook, a, a really comprehensive 232 page workbook. And then COVID, it's like I launched it one week and the shutdown was the next thing. I was like, no. <laughs> so it was, it was so uh, depressing, you know, but um, just even learning how to move from, um, you know, selling that book, um, you know, on my website to, you know, more in a funnel where I can nurture people all the way to the end. Um, even doing that was, you know, it was difficult to try to figure it out. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about a little bit about my journey. But I'm still pro yeah. live events for sure. Right. And you know, one of the things that stood out to me, Makeda, when we talked um, on the phone was, I actually really admired and respected and appreciated that you didn't just say, well, my career is over and you know, I'm gonna go all virtual events all the time like everybody else did, right? Because a lot of people who were in events businesses were like, okay, gotta go online. But you actually found a way to say, well, I'm gonna teach people how to have live events and I'm gonna weather the storm and I have this funnel and I put time and effort and money and all this into it and I know it's not uh, unsafe to say that live events will come back one day. It's, it's. I mean, people are gonna crave connection. People are gonna crave meeting with others. And so I actually really appreciated that you didn't just like wipe your hands and just neglect what you'd been working hard on. 
and that you stand for live events and it's your passion and it's your brand. And to be honest with you, people can take what they learn from your workbook and from your program and apply it not just to live events, they can do it online. Or they could even use it to inspire them to build online communities in their Facebook groups and things like that. Because the things that, and, and I teach um, a lot of like marketing and sales principles, but how they go use those principles really can be with anything. It could be with a product. Typically for my clients, it's high ticket you know, coaching packages and things like that. But to be honest, anything that's helping someone learn how to build community, create a really positive experience for your audience and things like that is going to pay off in many different ways. It doesn't have to be just through the avenue of a live event. So that said, what, and, and I also want to just sympathize <laughs> that it happened right the week before the shutdown happened. Um, but I also want to ask you, if somebody does want to plan a profitable, profitable event, what are some of the most, what do they need to have in place first? And what would be their first steps? Yeah, great question. Okay. So I'm big on vision. That That's the first thing. That's the first section of the workbook. Um, vision. You need to know exactly what it is you want to teach um, what you see this event looking like, how you see your attendees feeling, um, the experience they're going to have. I mean, from the registration page all the way down to after the event, right? Um, so just kind of figure out your um, your vision, your theme, your just how do you how do you see it, right? So you need to do that. And then once you've done that, you have to um, your budget is next, and that's a huge part of um, uh, planning a profitable live event. And I find that um, entrepreneurs, organizers, they plan even during, even they plan while they are selling the tickets. And I am a big, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I do not endorse that. I am very much, especially with um, events and, and live events and selling tickets. Um, and, and I speak very much to the first time organizer. Um, you have to give yourself time to do one thing at a time. This is not the place for you to be multitasking um, unless you are a professional, you know, but even like the matured organizer, this is how they do things, you know? Um, so get your budget together and um, make sure that all of your expenses are included, right? You have to do all of your research, all of it. How much is it gonna cost you to put that keychain in the swag bag? No detail is too little, right? You have to figure out all of it. And um, so that once once you figure, figure out all of this, then you're not just, you'll have, when you're pricing your event, it'll be more informed, you know? You won't be like, oh, well, you know, this retreat looks like a $1,000 retreat or this workshop looks like a $1,500 workshop, you know? You're not just pulling numbers out of anywhere. It, it, it is strategic and it is on paper and you have done the work, you've done the research and you have figured out all of the expenses that goes into one ticket, one ticket price. And so once you figure that out, then you can say, all right, um, I would like to profit 30% on top of that. And so these are some of the things that first time organizers don't think about, right? Um, so get your vision, 
get your budget, and then you can start thinking about other big ticket items like your location and um, the kind of content you want to have and your speakers for those content. So those are the top five things I like to talk about that you do first and you go in that order, your vision, your budget, and then the content speakers and location. And then you kind of, once you think about like a wedding, once you have the venue, it's like the rest of the wedding is planned, right? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so same thing with an event. Once you and I tend to look at it like a um, like a wedding. Once you have your location and um, and you said, okay, this is a place where I'm gonna have the event. All the other details kind of fall in place. They're not as um, as involved in the planning, right? The budget is like the involved part. Your vision is the involved part because you want to make sure that you are hosting an event that feels good for you, but is also needed for the people who follow you as well. And quick tip there, um, as entrepreneurs, I think we feel like um, our event has to be about business topics. You know, I have seen so many entrepreneurs who have hosted live events um, and virtual events, too, that has nothing to do with business. And they were really successful. You know, um, when you think of retreats, sometimes a lot of them don't have anything to do with business. A lot of times they have to do with your mental and clearing your mind and, you know, um, um, just being in a right frame and, you know, just coming to rest, to, you know, take a break, focus on you a little bit, you know. And um, so it doesn't have to be about business. If that is where you feel comfortable, then wonderful, right? But don't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm hosting an event. I have to talk about social media strategy or whatever. If that's what your audience is calling for and you feel equipped, that's an extension of what you teach anyway, then by all means, go ahead. But yep, vision and budget, number one and number two. Yeah, these are great tips and very tactical. My audience loves structure and organization. So the way you laid that out was really good. So one of the things too, though, that I wonder is how do you make your events stand out? How do you position it online and your marketing and things like that to make people go, oh, yes, this is something I need to go to? So like I said earlier, I think it's important to reach out to your audience, right? Um, these are the people who support you financially. They buy your services and your um, your products and, and whatever else you have, right? And they follow you. They read your content or listen to your content or watch your content. So they are invested. So I think it's important to reach out to them um, to find out, hey, what, you know, what would you, if, if you were, if I were to host an event, what is some of the things you would like to learn about, right? So I think that's important to do. And um, I, I also think that to help your, um, your events stand out, I'm very big on um, just allowing your vision to like steer you in the right direction. Um, sometimes we allow other people's events to steer us in the right direction, right? And um, if you want to stand out, you can't stand out by looking at other people's events. Now, I'm not saying that you cannot be inspired by what someone else did, right? Or you can't be inspired by something you saw on Pinterest. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that this is your event and it has to be unique. What is unique about you? What is unique about your audience? What is unique about what you teach, what you sell, right? Um, and I think once you figure that out, 
um, and you start putting things on paper. And I think it's important to me. This is not the, that that's why my uh, workbook is a workbook. Um, this is not the place for digital stuff. This is the place for pen and paper and just just fleshing out your ideas. Like what are the first things that come to mind um, when you are thinking about an event that would reflect you, your business, right? And I think we're all unique in some way um, as entrepreneurs. So I think just relying on your vision and um, not relying so heavily on what other people did. I think that if you see something at, um, at another event and you, and you think, wow, that's, that's a really nice idea. And I think that I can take this concept and um, make it uh, uh, Makeda's, you know, um, I think that's important as well. Yes. And would you say there's any specific questions that could help somebody know what their vision is because I think a lot of people um, like I've had clients who they want to do a retreat or something along those lines but they're like yeah you know I think I think we'll like meditate I think we'll like have a book club or something um, and you know but what do I call it or like I don't like they, they need help fleshing it out so is there any uh, questions you like to ask to help people get clear on what their vision is yeah, I've never really thought about that. Um, I think, you know, what what are you passionate about, you know? And I think once you figure that out, you couple it with what your attendees would be interested in. Um, this is when I think that you can start to frame it, right? Um, and I am big on, you know, first-time organizers doing a um, workshop or retreats. The workshop to me tends to be a little bit easier um, because it, it, it tends to be an extension of what you teach, right? So as a first time organizer, that's like a boost of confidence right there. You know, you're, you're solidified in what you teach, you know it like the back of your hand, um, the service you provide, right? So I think just, just trying to figure out what am I passionate about? Um, what do I see? Um, is, is there, oh, is there a, um, 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 a hole in the market that nobody is talking about. Um, sometimes you, I don't know, you're just flooded with something, you know, you just get like an idea from a conversation that you were having with somebody. Um, you know, just, just think about, just think about certain things, you know, like I said, your passion, what your audience would like, um, a hole in the market. And, um, once you kind of figure that out, you'll, it'll be easier for you to frame um, what what type of event it should be. Yeah, absolutely. I think asking about what the gap is or what it, why is nobody talking about this and bringing that to the forefront too. I, I love the way you said that. Now, when it comes to timing, you know, one of the things that we don't know necessarily is when when can we have live events freely with, you know, people who will actually come and right. So how do you get around that when you let's say, all right, I know what my budget is, people could start working on what their business people could start working on what their budget is. But now as far as like locking down a, a location, um, what would be either what would be your suggestion? Do they just wait until they know or, or do you have an estimate about what would be a, a good idea of when they could do that? Like, tell me more about that. 
Yeah, totally. So um, I'm glad you asked this question um, because the one thing I say, the one good thing about COVID is that it helped to solidify what I've been saying this whole time. Start with a small event. This is not the time as a first time organizer to go and plan a 75 person conference, right? Start with a small event, 12 people. You have a workshop, get 12 people together and um, start with helping them, you know? And so COVID has really brought that to the forefront and it has really shown that, um, you know, smaller is better in this case, you know? So um, um, I would say, look, people are hosting live events already, right? Um, and I say it's not really about the timing per se, but the amount of people that you're having. So definitely look at your state's um, rules and guidelines around live gatherings and events and try to figure out, okay, well, I could host an event for 20 people or for 30 people, right? So you can go ahead and plan. It, it's okay to go ahead and plan and put the dates down and, you know, solidify with your, um, with your venue and the location and all that stuff. But I think it's just, um, it's more about being safe um, and just making sure that, um, you know, if you want to do those rapid tests, you know, to make sure that people are good before they come, right? Um, if you want to, of course, the, the wearing of the masks, right? Um, and um, the safe distance within each other. Um, but I think as a first time organizer, like I said, I've been talking about hosting small events, starting there, getting your feet wet, being able to make mistakes um, and it not be so costly, you know, because you're only hosting a 12 person event. So, um, so just COVID has just allowed us to just kind of take a step back and um, just really be okay with starting small. As entrepreneurs, we don't like that. I don't like that. You know, you want to do everything big, you know, want to do everything grand and that's okay, but it's okay to graduate to a conference after you've done a workshop and a retreat as well. So start small um, and just go ahead, go ahead and plan, choose whatever date you want, but be safe. Love that. And yes, I love two, two things. One, you said, ask your audience what kind of event they want earlier in the episode. And then number two, for your very first event or your very first webinar or whatever it is you guys are doing, your first one is not going to be massive. So stop, rather than getting worked up about, am I going to be able to do this? Get focused on getting your first people on the wait list or at least interested. And then you can deal with, okay, when is this going to be, et cetera, right? Um, so one of the other things, too, that I'm interested to know because you said that you, uh, well, is you were saying pricing. You want to know your budget. You want to know how much you're going to have to pay um, to put this event on. But then how do you go from that and say, okay, I know it's going to be expensive, but how do I price this? Any tips for um, determining how to price your event? Yeah, absolutely. So pricing is, um, like I said, you don't want to do it blindly. You don't want to pull a number out of a hat or anywhere else. You know, um, there is a formula involved. I like to think so. Um, and I have put a formula in my workbook to help guide people in pricing. So you figure out your expenses, right? Let's say you added up everything and everything is going to cost you, um, let's say $10,000, right? To host an event for 10 people, you're catering for 10 people, 
$10,000. That's what everything came up to be. Um, and um, so your expenses, when you divide that by the amount of people who you're catering for, that's a thousand bucks in straight up expenses, right? Um, once you have that, now you need to decide, all right, um, my profit, I want my profit to be anywhere between, you know, 30 to 50%. You can say, I want to go lower than 30. You can say, I want to go higher than 50. But I, I, I like to say to keep within that range, that 30 to 50 range. Now, it may, it may be, um, you may need to take, take a, a couple of things into consideration. Will my audience pay that amount, right? So you also have to have that in the back of your head as well, knowing who your audience is, knowing where they are in their business, right? Um, a, a, a newer entrepreneur may not necessarily have the budget to pay for a $1,500 event or a $2,000. They may not even have it in their budget to pay for a $1,000 event, right? So when you know this, when so knowing this, you plan accordingly, right? So, you know, you may, um, you may not go at the fancy hotel. You may not go at the fancy restaurant. You, everything will just be relative to that. Now, that's not to say that your second event can't be better, right? Um, this is just to say that um, you're taking note of a couple of things while you're pricing. So that's what I say, cover your expenses, right? So you get that total number, you divide it by 10, um, which is $1,000 for your expenses, and then you add your profit on top of that. And that's how you come up with your price. Love that. Yes, and very grateful you shared a formula they could use and they can go into more detail in your workbook. And one of the things I know that people need to keep in mind when they're planning an event is it's not just the event and you're done. Usually events create amazing, first of all, uh, opportunities to upsell to your coaching package or get people to read your book or get subscribed to your monthly membership or whatever it is because they're in the moment, they're excited about what they're learning and they wanna take it home with them. They don't want just everything to end at the event. And I know speakers um, of events, you know, we had a client actually, my business partner and I who, before COVID, he made like 250 grand speaking at events. And so his thing was like, dang, like I'm bummed because that was a great thing and, and had to end up um, going into his online courses and stuff. But the point I'm trying to make with that is you can not only plan your own events, but, but see that there's other opportunities that come from that, see that there's relationships that come with your speakers that you'll build from that you could go speak at their events. I mean, there's so many potential things that you could do to milk an event and make it into everything you want it to be. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is since you've been doing this, you started your business in 2017, which is actually when I, I, I started my business. I mean, I started in the coaching industry in 2010, but I started my, what I would call most serious uh, focus business in 2017 as well. And so I would love to hear from you. Um, what has kept you around this long? What's kept you going? And, and maybe in times where you were bootstrapping or you were frustrated, how, how do you um, handle that and stay motivated? What do you do for yourself? 
Yeah, you know, it's so rough. <laughs> I was talking to my uh, uh, my mom and um, I was doing something and she said, is it any good? I said, you know, that's the thing about entrepreneurs. They never give up. They think that a true entrepreneur um, believes in everything that they do, whether it takes it, you know, overnight success or it takes them five years or 10 years to pull it off to finally be recognized you know and um so i i truly believe in what i teach um you know teaching first-time organizers to have a profitable live event because it's like a myth right oh events aren't profitable oh you don't make any money oh, i'm always in the red you know and you know it comes down to planning for me it comes down to planning. And so just talking to people and um, just realizing there are certain things that people do um, that is directly contributing to having an unprofitable live event. And so um, just coming at it from the other angle and wanting to help um, you know, organizers even if it's the second time or the third time, plan a better event, plan an event that's gonna put money um, in their pocket um, is really what drives me. And, um, and coupled with believing that I have a good product, believing that it is, um, it's, it, it's good, you know? And I just need to keep pushing through. I, I just need to keep doing my thing, talking about it, putting out content, um, putting myself out there and, you know, it may take me a little bit of time, but you know, I'm here to stay. Okay. <laughs> yes. That is the attitude that everyone needs to have if they want to be an entrepreneur. And I think that you said it really well when you doesn't really, it, it, it could take a long time. It could take a short time, no matter what I'm here to stay. I love that. So where can everybody find you Makeda and check out your workbook and all the different things that you do? Yeah, so I am on eventsunlocked.co. Um, also on um, Instagram at eventsunlocked.co. And you can also find me on YouTube. Um, you can search Events Unlocked and you'll find me there too. Love it. So if you are looking to create that event in 2021, 2022 and beyond, check her out. And if you're looking to send traffic to that event, check me out <laughs> and power player out, which is my company. I co-founded with my business partner. So anyways, um, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit, go to hayleyrow.com slash strategy hyphen call to book your very own free sales audit. On the call, we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients, how to overcome those concerns, how to coach through objections, how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be closing and converting more clients. I can't wait to connect with you and go to hayleyrow.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step. Thanks so much. Have a good day.